Welcome to the Pre-Vet Pausecast. I'm Alex Avellino, your tour guide on the journey to becoming a veterinarian. Listen along as we provide you with tips, tricks, and tales on applying to veterinary school. Welcome back to season four of the Pre-Vet Pausecast, Binging the Application. I'm Alex Avellino, and today's episode features a short and sweet advising session with a California student where we discuss why you should consider drafting a letter of recommendation for your recommenders and how to maintain those recommender relationships. You'll notice names are removed to ensure confidentiality. I want to thank this student for allowing us to record their advising session to help listeners think through their recommendation letter plan. And as a reminder that you can't complete the application alone. My first question is in your APVMA presentation, you talked about how exactly like how you should draft a letter of recommendation. I'm just wondering how exactly you would recommend going about doing that as to not seem like you're trying to write it for the recommender, if that makes sense. You kind of are writing it for them when you draft it. Oh, okay. It's, that's kind of an, you know, depending on who you talk to and who you ask, it's kind of an acceptable practice to write this skeleton of a letter and then let them edit it as they see fit. So for example, I just got asked to write a vet student a letter of rec today, and I just don't have the time to do it. Mm-hmm. If they can't find anybody else, I'm going to tell them, write it for me, send it. I will review it. I'll change some things and then I'll send it off, which is totally fine, especially because that student knows more about what they would want me to say than what I know that they want me to say. Um, you know, essentially the way to help you feel okay about it is they're not going to sign off on it if there's something in there that they don't want, but you're kind of helping them by taking up some of that time. If you're feeling sketchy, you could always just say, Hey, Dr. Smith, I'd love for you to address like this amount of time that I've worked with you. And these are the things that I learned when I was with you. I also really enjoyed blah, blah. You you could give them little bits and pieces and they can copy and paste. I've seen that before too. Mm -hmm. So what I would do when you're going to email the folks who, if you aren't asking them in person, which I think you should, But if you're not asking them in person, you're asking them via email, in the email, you can say, I understand that you're super busy. If you'd like me to draft details or a skeleton of the letter, I'm happy to do so. And then see what they say in response to that. Does that help? Yes, definitely. In my head, I was just trying to picture it and I was kind of just thinking, oh, I don't want to seem rude, but that definitely makes a lot more sense. Um, My next question is a little bit more like on the personal my experience side. So I had a volunteer internship with the Marine Mammal Center in California, and I've been kind of doing that ongoing, but it would be an animal experience, not a vet experience. But my vet advisor, my pre-vet advisor at Scoring Now was saying that I should try to find a way to highlight that because it was a really good experience, but it's not that experience. So how do you suggest I kind of highlight it, but go away from the formative animal experience? So one, you're going to list it on the application under animal experience. So it's going to be on there and you can put some details in there Mm -hmm. Two, You could use it in your essays. So 
it could be in the personal statement. So VEMCAS has taken away the three questions now and it's just one personal statement. So if you want every vet school to know about this, you'll put it in the personal statement and you'll talk about why it was important and what you've learned. You could also include it in some of the supplemental essays. So if you're applying to schools like Florida and other programs that have these extra essays, maybe there's ways to work it in there. The third way would be in your interview. So if you have a great application and you know strong GPA, you're going to hopefully get to that interview process when you can really talk about it there as well. Mm -hmm. I will. I would want you to come up, just make sure that the experience highlights qualities that vet school is looking for. So if it's like communication skills, time management, resiliency, client education, one health, all of that, just making sure because sometimes students will pick an animal experience that didn't have a veterinarian around and they focus on it so much that it's like, uh, this really should have been a vet experience. However, I've had amazing students who are now graduating vet school who spent their essays and their interview talking about their sustainability trip to New Zealand, which really isn't vet med focused, but it's a lot of the qualities that they learn that will help them be a great vet student. So essays, obviously in the experience section and then in the interview is when you could highlight all of that. Okay. So definitely like try to focus more on, I guess the more soft skills that would help me to be a vet rather than the animal. I would say probably, unless you yeah. think that the animal skills that you learned are really applicable to your future veterinary career, which they might be. Mm -hmm. But if the experience did not include a veterinarian, then one would challenge right. Really, like, is it helpful? Mm -hmm. So I would think about that. The other way you could do it or that you could also get that experience out there is if you got really close with whoever was in charge of that experience, could they write you a letter of recommendation? Because then they would talk about that experience, what you did and how it is applicable to vet school. That would be definitely an example of when drafting a letter for someone would be helpful. Because okay. let's say that you are a hostess at a restaurant and you want your manager to write you a letter of recommendation, they probably don't write that many veterinary school recommendation letters. So it would really be appropriate to draft a letter for them. One, so it comes off super professional and helpful to the admissions committee, but two, you will make the connections between what being, how being a hostess relates to veterinary school. Right. And then my next question is, I guess just general advice you have on going back to a previous mentor over the summer or trying to get new experience because I'm kind of having trouble figuring out what exactly I should do, whether I should go back and put all my time into that specific job or try to find something else. So is the question you want to revive an old mentor for experiences or letters of rec, or is it, should you go leave those experiences behind and try something new? Sort of both. I just don't wanna become stuck and have her be the only vet that I've worked under. Oh. But at the same time, I also wanna keep her as a strong reference. Okay, absolutely. Yeah, so a couple of ways you could do this. I, so is she out of town? Right now, yes. I go to school at Rutgers, but I'm from California. So there's that. Okay, well, go Scarlet Knights. So, um, <laughs> all right. 
if you, let's say you had the option to go back and keep working with that vet, you didn't want to burn bridges, you wanted to keep that relationship going, I would say you would find another vet in that same area and you would maybe go see her, your old vet, maybe like Thursdays, Fridays, and the new vet Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Or you get an option at an emergency practice. So you see your old vet during the week and you see the emergency vet on the weekend. So you could try that. But if you're like, nope, that's really not going to work out for whatever reason, you could find a new vet because it is wise to have multiple vets and multiple veterinary experiences. So that's a good idea. Um, and then you could keep in contact with your old vet via Zoom check-ins. You could say, you know, every time I'm in town, love for us to get lunch. Like you could just be giving them updates. I have three, like, you know, over 40 year old mentors who I am in touch with every single week. And I have not one person I've never seen in real life. Like I've only seen them via zoom. Another person moved out of the state a year ago. And the last person was on my master's defense. And that was like two years ago. So I just keep in contact with them with, you know, text when it's appropriate, zoom meetings, emails. I have it on my calendar, email Dr. Borger to give her updates. Cause I know she's going to continue to be a great reference for me. You could, pick up, um, a similar hobby as like the old vet. So that gives you something to talk about. Cause I, I feel like in general, general practice clinicians don't do a lot of research. Cause I would say like, do a research project with your old vet and then start something with a new vet, but that's usually not mm -hmm. the case. So yeah. I would just keep in contact with, with them as much as possible. And if you're like, Nope, they're my strongest person, then yeah, you should keep working with them. Okay. Got it. Um, and then more specific to you, F, for the prerequisites, for me, I was thinking about taking biochemistry senior year. So that would be after I apply. Is that okay? Or should I push it? Okay. No, that's totally fine for you, F. So we're okay with you having three classes planned and in progress. Okay. Some vet schools might want to see all of them completed. Mm -hmm. Not sure. So you're going to check with each school. Right. Sometimes if a student has suffered in let's say chemistries and then they are saving a lot of it. Like, let's say they save OCHEM one and two and biochem. The admissions committee might be like, Ooh, I would really have loved to have seen how they did in those upper level chemistries. I've never seen that hold someone back, but if there's a lot of other red flags going on, they might say the student is not quite ready. That's a pretty rare occurrence. So if you just have biochem or a couple other ones and there's no other weird sketchy pattern or history it should be fine okay awesome and then does uf have an online lab policy for covid i know okay yeah we're we've always accepted online courses before covid even existed okay. we would of course prefer in-person courses because we think it's going to be more similar to what you're getting out of vet med mm -hmm. we will accept online courses okay awesome and then, actually, I think that's all my questions. Okay, wonderful. Well, we are here when and if you have more. Okay, great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Good luck. Thank you. Bye. Bye.